Sorry, no podcast today, where unfortunately we would be having a podcast, but we're too busy plotting the return of our own exclusive bowl game called the Habuga Bowl, where we will only be sponsoring players who commit 15-yard unnecessary roughness penalties. Kareem Jackson, you are invited. I am your host, JP Acosta from SB Nation. Here with me, I have four of the smartest, or three of the smartest people that I know when it comes to football, and also Kevin is here. We're going to do our ISO segment. We're going to start with the smartest person I know when it comes to spreadsheets, when it comes to anything that you need to know about college football or football in general, Alex Katzen, your ISO is up. You have 30 seconds and your time starts now. Yeah, my ISO this week is going to be about Jerry Kill and the New Mexico State Aggies. Uh, Jerry Kill should win coach of the year. Uh, that's that's the topic. Um, New Mexico State is bowl eligible in back-to-back seasons for the first time since 1959 and 1960. Uh, they're 9-3. and They have a chance to go 10-3 and if they beat Jacksonville State this week. Jacksonville State's a good team. Uh, they're in the CUSA championship playing Liberty. Uh, they're going to play in like a pretty decent bowl game. Diego Pavia is going to have a statue built of him outside the stadium. Uh, Jerry Kill, coach of the year. Build the statue. I think Diego Pavia gets a statue. It should be the uh, statue of him suplexing the Auburn kid. I agree. And- like, if you get suplexed by a quarterback, not only a quarterback, but a New Mexico State quarterback, hang it up, brother. A 5'9 New Mexico State quarterback. It's over. Well, I mean, if you're 5'9, you got a lower center of gravity, so I kind of get it, but it's the quarterback. He was like, also an amateur it, wrestler in high school. Quarterbacks don't lift weights. Like, that's the thing. They they don't lift weights unless you are Jalen Hurts. That's the only quarterback who lifts with the off. With, with and the Will Levis, who only does curls. Will Levis only, that's not lifting weights. He only does curls. <laughs> That's why that's why every throw is five yards over another player's head because he only does curls. Um, next up, we have AJ Schulte, who is extremely smart, knows a lot about football. AJ, 30 seconds, ISO starts now. It, my ISO is going to be on uh, Cowboys left tackle Tyron Smith, just not practicing week after week since like week six of the NFL season. He just doesn't practice and he has allowed one single pressure since week six, and that was this week against Carolina. I mean, he's, just, he's playing at an all-pro level, and he doesn't even tackle, or he doesn't even practice, excuse me. And I just think that's absolutely hilarious. He kind of reminds me of, uh, you know, Shikamaru from Naruto, <laughs> where he, everything is such a drag to him. Every, everything, everything is troublesome. Everything's such, such, a drag. such a pain in the ass. But it's just like, yeah, I'll, I'll do it, and ends up, like, nearly winning the tuning exam just because he just – he doesn't even, like, try. Up next, we have Tyler Fornis from Vikings Wire – Extremely smart, extremely long hair. Tyler, your 30-second ISO starts now. I think we need to talk about Graham Mertz actually being a good quarterback. And when he was at Wisconsin, he had that great five-touchdown game in his debut in the COVID year. And then he was absolute dog water. What Florida, he threw for, I think, uh, 20 touchdowns, three interceptions. And he kept them in games despite a defense that that couldn't tackle a two-year-old. Like, Graham Mertz has been a good quarterback and his past like shows that, Hey, if you get the right scenery, then you can actually improve your status. 
That sounds a lot like Chris Boucher getting buckets for like the 2020 pandemic Raptors. Who else is going to be there to get buckets? It's Chris Boucher. Don't try to sell me on Chris Boucher. You are here talking about bubble TJ Warren. Bubble TJ. That is bubble TJ Warren. (laughs) (laughs) Graham Hurts is TJ Warren in the bubble. And Kevin's here too. Kevin, go ahead. Uh, So I'm going to talk about JP's favorite thing, which is the air raid. And particularly Miami's head coach or offensive coordinator, Shannon Dawson, saying, the air raid is a mentality, not a play. And frankly, if the mentality for the air raid for you is six points against NC State, I have questions about the mentality because clearly it ain't working. Look, man, if you're there, if you're if your mentality is six points against NC State, I need you to go see a therapist. They didn't even score a touchdown. They didn't even score a touchdown. They didn't score a touchdown, man. Look, you you all know my thoughts on God's least favorite offense, the air raid. Run, run a real offense. Just quit running all this mesh. Like it's run, run real concepts. You know, get, get play real football. But, and but Miami see, JP, play real football. it's just a mentality. It's not actually anything. <laughs> yeah, it's not actually. Actually, it's a lot. But and Miami's play on offense. My ISO is on jacked up, and I think it's just wild to see some of the hits that happen in jacked up and like how we all just like collectively laughed at it. Like there's one from like 2004 where the running back gets hit by Namdi Asamoah and his arms were in the fencing position. But everyone on ESPN is like, man, look at his arms. He is out for like a light. That dude got jacked up. And now we look at like Kareem Jackson, who obviously only watches jacked up and is like, dang, he got suspended for four games. Like we've, we've come to such a different place when it comes to big hits like that. And it's a good place, but I'm just like, man, Jacked up was really a wild era of football. It also kind of reminds me of uh, you remember that those here comes the boom highlights from like oh, YouTube. Yes. Like shout out the Harris highlights wherever you are. Basically formed my middle school like football football age because Harris highlights. He did one for Tavon Austin, greatest college highlight tape of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, Jalen Smith and Notre Dame had a sick highlight tape. <laughs> it was set to one train by ASAP Rocky. One of the greatest highlight tapes I've ever seen. But, you know, that here comes the boom highlight tape of just big hits that resulted in express shipping CTE. Like, it's so wild to look back on it now. Do you remember when uh, when, when Sean Taylor gave the putter CTE at the Pro Bowl? (laughs) Oh, man. If, If someone did that today, they'd be jailed in two minutes. For aggravated assault and potential manslaughter. And we talked about it in the group chat, but every, like, even though jacked up, like, three of those hits are, like, perfectly legal, and they would work fine in today's NFL. The other two are attempted murder. And, like, the final two are just like, man, look at his arms. He's not getting up. They had to bring out the stretcher for him. He got jacked up. And it's not just saying, like, jacked up. Chris Berman really put some oomph. And that jacked up. He was like, jacked up. Like, it was everybody. It was the entire cast saying jacked up in unison. Like, dang, like imagine when you like regain consciousness and you're watching TV the next week, and all of a sudden you see Tom Jackson on TV just laughing his ass off at you almost dying on a football field. It was just a really wild time. It's it, it's almost like on Monday night uh, countdown when they do Moss. Uh, oh, Moss is so funny. But Especially but see when they have like the high schoolers. Yes, the high schoolers. Imagine being a little fifteen-year-old who gets mossed. 
in like the middle of Wyoming and you have to watch it the next day. That group chat is whooping your ass. <laughs> that group chat is kicking your butt. Um, oh my gosh. Like I, I can't even think like with Moss because people just, people can clown you on Moss like even if you don't get it videotaped. You get it videotaped and now yeah. all of America sees you like getting dunked on by a future like Miami recruit, not even Miami, Ohio State recruit. Like <laughs> definitely not a Miami recruit. The next day, yeah, like, they don't do that. Gonna, everybody's gonna mentality. be like everybody's gonna be you you can't go to school tomorrow. You gotta you gotta switch like districts. You gotta yeah, you gotta move. You gotta move states, like change your name. It, <laughs> move move countries and like go play like soccer or something where you can't get go lost switch like sports. That. You are now a baseball player. Have fun. <laughs> but enough about jacked up and highlights. And we could just spend the whole episode talking about like the greatest highlight tapes of all time. Tyron Matthew also. Yeah. That's an off-season episode for sure. Yeah, the greatest highlight tapes of all time. Shout out to oh. Kill Cars Hoop Mixtape. Oh, yeah. Seventh Woods High School Mixtape. Greatest of all time. This is good stuff. Makes me want to go watch And One again. Oh, that such a fun time it's like it's wild how quickly we've gone from like like i guess because of tiktok like everything can be like consumed in like a seven second format but i kind of miss the and one mixtapes and we need to bring those back we need to we need to bring those like i know destroying does it but he has like this basically it's like the wide receiver db one-on-ones but it's exclusively only that like you don't actually do anything else and i think sometimes those are kind of bullshit because there's no there's no earth where you get to like run around for 10 seconds in like an actual football play without your quarterback getting obliterated. But that's there just was, me being anti-offense. No, there was one uh, Falcons training camp one year where a guy ran around for like 20 seconds and everyone on uh, Twitter was like, oh my God, he's so here for this. He's going to be amazing this year. And all the like the football purists were like, hey guys, uh, Desmond Ritter, I think it was, or it might've been Matt Ryan at that time, is going to get murdered if he has that much time in the pocket. Like, I think the only one that's really, like, succeeded running, like, the bullshit seven-on-seven route is, like, Hunter Renfro and Cooper Cup, who run that, like, that bullshit, like, whip route that turns into a wheel route. Hunter Renfro turned it from a whip route to a wheel route to an in route, and I'm like, look, man, stop it. Stop (laughs) it. You you can't... You are ruining America. You are ruining the game. What happened to the game I love? That these guys has routes. had the same consequences on youth football as Steph Curry has had on youth basketball. <laughs> seven on seven has seven on seven has ruined football. That's that's all I will say. AAU is, basketball has ruined the NBA over time. AAU basketball has also ruined football. I will not. Say, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I will not explain that. But we're gonna get started with our actual topics that we have today, and we start off with I guess some, like sad news, some really sad news. Uh, Jordan Travis, senior quarterback for Florida State, gruesome, really bad injury. And it looks like despite winning against North Alabama, the Seminoles are probably going to be out of the playoff race because of Jordan Travis's injury. It's just a really, un- really unfortunate timing. But I guess, AJ, I feel, I feel the worst for Jordan Travis, who was really, like, finally putting it together. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously – you know, prayers go out for him for a safe recovery, and and we everybody here at the podcast hopes that he's back on the field and you know, ready to play 
as soon as possible. Um, as soon as he's fully healthy and able to. Uh, but like you said, this is his best year. I, I think it in terms of just overall ability. And for some reason, he wasn't ever really getting mentioned um, in any sort of like Heisman talk and anything like that. But he was playing himself into a, a pretty decent draft stock. You know, he probably gets invited to the Shrine Bowl or something, something along the lines of that. And the, the, who knows when you get into the playoffs, every game, you, who knows what could happen there, but Jordan Travis out, Tate Rodemaker comes in. Maybe he's ready. Uh, maybe, maybe he's not. And they have to turn it over to Brock Glenn. Um, who knows? Where you're really going to miss Jordan Travis is the creation aspect of his game. Of course, you have Johnny Wilson and Keon Coleman, who are two Power Rangers, and you can just throw the ball up them. And Naheem Bell, also really good. They have talent. They have all the talent necessary. But you are going to miss that creation ability of Jordan Travis being a plus one in a run game that is already dynamic. It just it sucks because you know that they're going to need Jordan Travis's ability. Once you get down to the ACC title game against Louisville, Alex, I it sucks, but I think the college football playoff implications really kind of skewed the conversation around Florida State a lot. Yeah, definitely. I think that obviously, like the fact that they're still number four and that there's five 11 and 0 teams in the country has really like put all of the focus around like let's talk about how this affects Florida State. Uh, Florida State's chances at the playoff when really like we should probably just talk about like hey man Jordan Travis was a six Saturday player and like we don't know if he's gonna play on Sundays or not really like like AJ like AJ kind of touched on I mean like this was a guy who his draft stock was improving but he was still never gonna be like a day one or day two pick probably like we were probably still looking at like a fourth round maximum and now like um, you're talking about an injury that looks like at least the way that the injury looked looks like it's going to be at least like a three or four month recovery time, which means like he may barely be healthy enough to like do a pro day. Um, and so, you know, you're talking about a guy who all of a sudden has gone from like that fourth or fifth round standing to maybe like a sixth or seventh round, or maybe even like a UDFA, depending on like how that how how that medical checks out. Um, and like, I think that the narrative has really shifted away from just like appreciating what we had with him um, and talking about like, man, this is a kid who had like a phenomenal, ended up having a phenomenal college career, even going back to like when he was at Louisville, um, you know, was, was really like a, a fun and exciting player at Louisville still, I think was a little bit underrated and like obviously has improved a ton um, once he got to Florida state and everything. And, you know, it's just unfortunate. I do think that like, as far as the playoff is concerned, like you, it, it's clear at this point, I think that like if Florida state drops a game, period like whether that's this week or the ACC title game against Louisville like they're out because there's just like at this point the field just looks like it's going to be too crowded um I do think that if they manage to win both of those games you still have to square a lot of things in order to like justify leaving out an undefeated power five champion um but you know the committee is going to take into account the fact that they're playing with a backup quarterback. It doesn't mean that they won't make it in if they're undefeated. Um, obviously, like Ohio State has done it before with the Cardinal Jones year. But, uh, you know, it's just it's it's tough. And it's a it's a really 
horrible way for Florida State's season to kind of wrap up and kind of like have them be pushed out of the, the playoff field the way, you know, that way. That's, that's not how you want to, uh, you know, how you want that cut down date to go, really. Yeah. And I think the worst thing about this, Kevin, is like Alex said, it kind of takes away from the career that Jordan Travis has had, which has been remarkable in all aspects of it. I mean, the dude was booed at home as the Florida State quarterback was benched from McKenzie Milton, still found his way back into the starting lineup and continuously improved. And up to this point, like this was the year for Florida State. You know, you have all these guys who are going to end up being NFL dudes and you finally put it all together, but then the quarterback goes down at the worst possible time. It just sucks. And I feel for Jordan Travis because like, like I said, like, the dude was constantly improving, constantly getting better. Yeah, it's one of those things where it's like Jordan Travis is one of those guys who I don't think I've ever seen a single person, and I've covered his high school before multiple times, and you know I've spoken to people who played with him or against him. I don't think I've ever seen anyone say a bad thing about the guy. And like that's impressive in and of itself because I feel like if you ask most people about anyone, like they're going to have one bad thing to say about him for whatever reason. And like Jordan Travis is one of those guys who constantly just sort of improved behind the shadows. And it was never like a thing of like, you know, it was never really about him. And it was like always about his teammates. It was always about FSU or, or, or Louisville when he played there. And, this season, it felt like it was all coming together because, well, you had Keon Coleman, you had Johnny Wilson, you had this insane running game. Like, you had all the pieces to be a really good football team. And to have it end like this, you know, against, a, you know, the, the quote-unquote tune-up game, like, that's the worst part. It's like it didn't happen early in the season or it didn't happen, like, just in one of those games where it was like, ah, man. It was like, it happened in a game that, like, you, you just play because you kind of have to play them. And, like, for, for that to happen that way, like, that's just awful. Uh, and, you know, I think also equally, like, I do just want to say that, like, anyone trying to claim that the linebacker who tackled him was dirty for tackling that way, like, dude, grow up. Like, he didn't mean to tackle him, and you, he didn't mean to have his leg snap like that. Like, that just sort of happens sometimes. You're playing a, a violent sport against, you know, people who are 240 pounds or more. Yeah, and I think, Tyler, this kind of – springs into another conversation about the hip drop tackle, which has got a lot of attention over the past week with Mark Andrews going down. The Warren Sharp. Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Him. And Lamar Jackson getting injured on the hip drop tackle. People claiming Logan Wilson's a dirty player. It's just really weird. Like, I know there are some people like it claims like it's not football. It's not a football tackle. But when you're in the – like heat of the moment of the game and the speed of the game is happening at the speed that it does. It's really hard to like, it's really hard to be like, Oh, I'm going to try and make a form tackle right here. Yeah. Even when I watch him, I don't think it's a dirty tackle. It's guy needs to get him down in open space. He's not grabbing by the horse collar. He is just trying to take him down and that's his job. And you know what? As alluded to earlier, Football is just a violent sport. And because it's a violent sport, injuries happen. You don't want them to happen. And you can do some things to eliminate those injuries. Like they implemented the rule uh, a few years back about not hitting quarterbacks uh, below the waist and the knee injuries. 
The first one happened to Carson Palmer, and then it happened to Tom Brady. And then uh, the NFL realized, hey, this could end up being a long-term issue. They remedied it. And now it's it's fine in a vacuum. It's kind of annoying when some of these like tackles, uh, they're, they're not egregious, but they're just trying to keep the quarterback safe because let's just be honest, quarterbacks make the money for the league. And I don't see like how a hip drop tackle one is dirty to how you can actually eliminate it from the game. Cause these guys are just trying to tackle an open space. It's going to be really hard to legislate a hip drop tackle out of the game because those happen so fast. Like tackling happens. So you can't, you can't be in your head like, Oh, I need to make a form tackle. Like make mm-hmm. sure that this guy doesn't get hurt. But the game happens so fast that you just, you just got to get the guy to the ground. It kind of reminds me of like when there's like a compilation on YouTube of a player, players getting like tackled by their hair. And like, sometimes you just like, it happens. Like, it's not like deliberately like, Oh, I'm going to try and yank this guy by his hair. It's I'm just trying to get this guy to the ground. And this is the only way how. Yeah. And like at, at some point, like we have to stop asking defensive players to, uh, invent new laws of physics in order to stop the offense from scoring. And like, uh, it doesn't necessarily seem like the the NFL is super keen on, on limiting the amount of points that are being scored. Um, they've managed to accidentally do it this season. Scoring is, you know, kind of hit a dip this year, um, for the most part across the board, but like, you know, when you can't land with your body weight on a guy, which is, how you would tackle a person normally in a lot of cases. Um, and you can't hit him above, you know, the shoulders and you can't hit him below the knees and you can't hip, you know, you can't like drop your hips to try to make a tackle and you can't do this and you can't do that. And you can't do the other thing. It's like, there's only so many ways that you can bring a guy to the ground. And like, at the end of the day, like, no matter what you do to try to legislate that, like any way that you can try to take a guy to the ground there, take a guy to the ground, rather, um, there's a chance that that guy's going to get injured. That's just how it goes. That's, that's how the sport works. That's how every sport that involves taking people to the ground works. That's how wrestling works. That's how MMA works. Like there's always a chance that that guy that you are taking down gets injured because you are taking him down against his will. That is the point. Um, so like at, at some point, right, like it, it does just get incredibly difficult to legislate because it's like you're asking players to defy the laws of physics and defy the laws of the universe in order to stop someone from scoring points. And that's not reasonable. My, my problem with it is that like the NFL is going to inevitably ban hip drop tackles because people complain enough about it, but they're going to ban it in one year and go all right, guys, effective immediately. We're going to call every hip drop tackle a penalty. And it's like, if you want to change the way that football is played, let's start off with youth level football. Let's start off with high school high school level football. Like, You can't just suddenly change the way that football is played with grown men who have been playing the sport for, what, 15 to 20 to even more years. Like, At some point, like they've just been ingrained on how to play the sport in a certain way. And like, if you want to say, hey, you know, we want to get rid of hip drop tackles, then let's go teach proper tackling in youth football setups. Because I think we've all seen the videos of Pop Warner, you know, Oklahoma drills. And it's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, why are we playing Oklahoma? Like, why are we doing Oklahoma drills 
with eight-year-old kids. Like, if you want to teach proper tackling or whatever you think proper tackling is, hip drops are dangerous only because it's a 250-pound man bringing man bringing down another 200, you know, 20-pound man. Like, that's the only reason why it's dangerous. Uh, and and as Alex mentioned, like it's just a thing of physics. It's like. If you want to really try and fix it, then let's go to youth level and high school level football and go, you know what? We're going to teach you guys that what what we want out of proper tackling, which I don't even know what it is at this point, like two-hand touching it. I will say, too, because I know that there are going to be people that listen to the first part of this episode about us talking about Kareem Jackson and then listen to this part. And they go like, well, those are the same thing. Why are you so mad about this thing but not about Kareem Jackson? Those are not the same thing, my brother. <laughs> like, no, Kareem not Jackson, at all. Kareem Jackson Kareem is out Jackson here cosplaying as a torpedo. <laughs> I will say, though, that I, I like what Kevin's talked about when it comes to the utilizing youth football and really teaching it from the ground up. That's one of the reasons why – hitting in the NFL hasn't completely been fixed where that they've been trying to get like the defenseless player and not getting a lot of these like jacked up type of hits and like the Steve Atwaters of the world, Leroy Butler's guys who would literally just try to murder you across the middle. That's what I grew up on. I grew up on that being celebrated beyond belief, not just jacked up. Like they had a half hour television show where that's all it was. It was hits and uh, that would air on my local Fox affiliate. Like it takes a long time to get this out of the game. And it's going to take about 15 to 20 years. If you truly want hip drop tackles to go, it's it'll take you 15, 20 years to really see any true progress because you're going to have to get started youth football and teach them to never do it. And then maybe you'll see something. Uh, my, my other question is like, what do they want defenders from behind to do do they want to grab him by the ankle and the mac jones twist the ankle because that's also going to lead to an injury like there is no gator roll them either yeah there is no proper way to tackle a dude from behind that is not at risk of injury and And if you try and tackle high it's not like you're doing anything because the other guy is moving in an uh, in another direction yeah he's just gonna shake literally just the laws of physics and so like do they just want fast guys to win because then we can just go turn football into a track meet like, we'll just go watch track and field at the Olympics and go, this is football now. Because the only way that someone who is bigger and slower than someone who is faster and smaller, the only way they can probably tackle is them is from behind. And so, like, it's just naturally going to lead to injuries. Like, I think we just need to realize that football, I think it was JP who said this, like, football is a game that's being played at high speed and every hit is the equivalent of a minor car crash. Like, you hit you have enough of those hits in a game you're gonna have injuries like you can't just prevent every injury and like to tyler's point of like the or alex's point to like oh everyone's gonna watch this go well we don't say this about cream jackson because we've all been pretty vocal about like hey man concussions also probably need to be like eliminated from the game and we don't want every player to have cd and think about kareem jackson also, there's like... no law of physics preventing kareem jackson from not <laughs> yeah, yeah, he just no, jumps he into him no it, it's it's the habuga gene that, that's there's, all it is. There's it's, no law preventing Kareem Jackson from going like full dynamite kid diving headbutt onto an opposing player. Like there's there's no law there's no like law of physics stopping him from you know doing. you know the meme of the Simpsons guy flying through the window yes. head first. Yeah, that's Kareem Ralph Jackson Wiggum, on on every single tackling <laughs> and like, attempt. And like the other thing is like, do we like did people not watch the Boston College player like just fly that was so funny because that was like 
it's not even like textbook targeting because you wouldn't even put that in a textbook because no, oh. most normal people don't do that. Oh. I, I, I saw a joke. Bro of, forgot where he was and thought he was a dolphin. <laughs> I, I I saw a joke on Twitter about like when, when they were making the rules for targeting, even they couldn't expect this. That was an Erling Holland like header in the 57th minute. Red Bull gives oh. you wigs. <laughs> he said, I'm tired of playing football. I'm going home. Like he didn't even look like he was going for the ball. His arms weren't even up, like in the position of no. going for the ball. He just like put him in a coffin. Like you remember that vine trend, like put him in a coffin where dude just jumped onto opposing <laughs> on something. That's what he did. Put him in a coffin, but he just dove and like it put was, his head into it, the, I, like, in the side of the other dude. He head. went up with his arms at his side like he was Superman. <laughs> I, I I think what he wanted to do was like initially catch it, and he realized he had no chance. So instead of like just falling and being like ah crap, he went ah. And like tried to like ran him into like no, but the thing is like he he of course like in that scenario he goes up and realize he can't get the ball, he instantly goes into Baymax instant kill <laughs> mode and like, like yeah most most normal people when they realize they couldn't get the interception would just like either stop and like go all right let's either try and tackle it normally or like just let's get on the ground and like admit that like it was just not our best attempt, uh, he went nope. This is like, not what I want to do. Like using a headbutt is a headbutt is never like you get hurt. You get hurt more than the other person when you use a headbutt. Yeah. What is the what is the end it goal is, here? It is it is the equivalent of like trying to punch a guy whose helmet is on with your bare fist. Like what are you accomplishing here? That's not the same thing. Because <laughs> when you punch somebody when their helmet is on, you are clearly pissed off. <laughs> something yeah. has been said. Yeah, nobody did anything to that Boston College. He just decided. No, this Boston College dude decided, like, I just don't want to play football anymore. <laughs> like, I'm going home. Like, I'm I'm tired of – it was, like, the second quarter, too. That's, like, yeah. you know, when – like, last week we talked about, like, Draymond Green, like, putting, like, Rudy Gobert in yeah, a chokehold yeah, yeah. two minutes into the game. That's it was like one. that. But this was in the second quarter. Like, the game was, like – like, still, Boston College still had a chance of, like, winning this game. And he was like, yeah, no. He didn't want to be a part of it. You know what? Respect. You know what? Sometimes you just don't got to be a part of it. He <laughs> said, he said, he said, on God, we are taking the hardest road to this victory. <laughs> I, I'm going to make this so much more difficult for everybody I, else on the team. I desperately want to know what the film room was like afterwards, because they certainly had to show the play and he was certainly in there. And did he just go, I don't know, man. Like, I, I don't know. I just, I just lost it. My, my brain stopped. My brain stopped yeah. functioning like midway. Midway when I got up in the air, like it's just like Windows shutting down. Like, it, was it was not computing. It was not computing. Nothing I could do about Windows it. Windows wasn't computing. I, I I didn't know what the backup was like. Like he was like, damn. <laughs> now I gotta go in the game. <laughs> can't do any worse. <laughs> like I can't. <laughs> the, the bar is in hell. <laughs> but somehow I need to manage to just barely get over it. But speaking of barely getting over, uh. Another firing during, I guess, what is now coach firing season in college football, uh, Syracuse, getting rid of Dino Babers. It is, I think there was a quote that was really interesting by the AD when he talked about the firing. He's like, our benchmark is seven and five. And if you can't get that, then you're not the right coach. And it's just, I don't know if it's refreshing to hear that because a lot of teams would be much better off if they were fine with seven and five or like eight and four cough, cough team in college station. 
I just wonder, like, like, man, I can't believe you said that out loud. Well, he did. It's kind of cool that he said it out loud. Like, I mean, this is very much a university that just cares about men's basketball. And, like, to that degree that, like, the football program is just there to kind of be the, the placeholder until men's basketball season starts. And now their men's basketball team isn't much better this year. Uh, but, like, it, they have a very low benchmark. And Dino Babers was able to hit that a lot. Uh, but it was kind of clear recently that, like, they just need a change of direction, even if it's just kind of, like, sometimes you just need a new face in there. You know, it may be the same results, but sometimes you just need a new face in there to, like, give you different ideas because like he's been, he was there since 2016 or something like seven, eight years of like mediocrity. And like, they accept mediocrity as the AD said, but like at some point you just gotta get a new face in there. And it was kind of clear that that was going to happen either this year or next year. Yeah. But I still think like in the grand scheme of things, like saying like, yeah, seven and five is the benchmark. If you can't get seven and five, it's time for us to move on. Like, Again, a lot of schools should be looking at that like, yeah, we should we should be like saying that. Like it's wild that he said it out loud. And like a lot of people can be like, oh, that's like loser mentality, but dog, you are Syracuse. Like, it's a realistic I mean, mentality. Like, yeah. I like uh like take a look at Northwestern. Like there's they've won six games this year. And they're real realistic. Six games are the first year I coached since nineteen oh three. I, I like. I, I don't. I don't think that it that Syracuse coming out and saying like, "Look, real here's our realistic. We want you to make a bowl game every year, and we want you to not be in the dumpster of the ACC." I think that's a fair expectation. That's basically like locally. That's what Minnesota is. They wanted to compete for Big West titles. They have. They haven't won any, but they've they've at least been around for most of them. And they've they've been able to compete within like the last couple of weeks and come close. Like it, it's realistic expectations. That's where Texas A&M just drops the ball because they think they're they're gods among men, and well, they're just not. Yeah, they got money. Like they have they're gods among men, but on the field, like it's fine to be the second best team in the state. But when it comes to candidates, coaching candidates for a now Syracuse job that's open, like what AJ? What do you think? is the expectation or the requirements for this job and who do you think are the best candidates? Well, I, I do kind of briefly want to go a little bit onto the AM. I know we've talked about AM, but like AM I think would be fine with an eight and four season. I mean given the mediocrity of Jimbo, as long as you're not getting blown out. They would but as long as it's followed up by a 10 win season, an 11 win season, a competitive season, it's just all about setting relative expectations and not if you're not winning a national championship every year, you're toast. And I think I actually kind of appreciated the Syracuse eighties comments uh, a lot. Cause he was just like, Hey man, like you don't have to go beat Clemson every year. You don't have to, you know, it'd be nice, but you don't, you don't have to do that at this job. Um, and so I really honestly truly think that might appeal a little bit where you get, so you get some patience. You know, like Babers was there for a while and like, I'll give him credit, you know, like it, they weren't bad. I just think they were hurt. I, I think put a lot of guys in the NFL. I, I, yeah. And Syracuse has had talent. They developed pro talent pretty much at every position except for quarterback. Um, 
and it's it's really just kind of a shame really that just injuries is this season is what kind of did him in with with the lack of depth and Syracuse get poached in the portal it I mean it just happens and that's the reality but as far as like candidates I think the the Holy Cross coach Bob Chesney is sitting right there in their backyard he's won what six five straight Patriot League titles um super winner a it feels like that hire is already sort of starting to happen because all of Holy Cross's players have started hitting the portal. Um, So we'll kind of see on that, but you know, Sean Lewis is another one. He'll get connected there a lot because of his success at Syracuse and, and elsewhere. Um, And also I like, I like the fit of Tony white coming back to Syracuse. I think he's done a really good job with the Nebraska defense this year. I think that's a really physical unit. And I think Syracuse is probably, you know what, if if you're going to have to be competitive in the ACC, like just be a bigger man than the other programs in the conference. And, and you know what, that Tony White had a lot of success developing guys at Syracuse. And if you got to be more physical than the rest of the conference, like why not? That's a good angle to have when you don't have like the skill position talent, like a North Carolina or like a Florida state. Like, just go be bigger than everybody else. Make every game painful. Like, on it's to a higher scale or to a higher level, but Utah has basically been that. Like, they make yeah. every game extremely painful for you. Wisconsin, to too, before uh, Wisconsin, Phil Longo got there. Pre, Pre-Longo, like, they weren't going to win. Pre-Longo. <laughs> they weren't going to win a lot of games, but they were going to make every game physically hurt. Like, you would wake up the next morning and it would be hurt. I don't know. Um, they had a lot of 10 and 11 game, 11 win seasons there. I'm saying like relative to like, like I'm talking about the end of the Paul Christ era at Wisconsin. Like it was, it wasn't fun, but they make it hurt. They make everything hurt. Uh, Alex, you had a lot to say about Holy Cross. Um, go towards yeah. yours. So I, I do just want to say two things. The first is that um, a bunch of Holy Cross's players are entering the portal because their season is over. Um, their season ended. Uh, the Patriot League, uh, doesn't really do playoffs, uh, FCS wise, Holy Cross didn't make the playoffs, even if they did do playoffs. So their season is over. Um, Holy Cross also doesn't have a graduate school. So a lot of the guys that you're seeing enter the portal for Holy Cross are guys who are getting their undergrad degree, but still want to play college football. Um, and so they're trying to transfer to other FCS schools, maybe like a G5 school or something so that they can keep playing. Um, as far as Chesney as a candidate goes, I do think that he's like, a top candidate, but there are rumors out there that he is basically waiting for the Boston College job to come open. Which, if you uh, look at the way that Jeff Halfley is as a person, um, maybe might be next year might be ten years from now. Who knows? Maybe he'll go six and six again next year. But Boston College had like the easiest schedule in the country this year, um, which is, at least in my opinion, a large reason why they ended up becoming bowl eligible this season. It sounds like Chesney wants to just wait until that job comes open for whatever reason. I don't know what his ties are to Boston College or if it's just because it's like a less far of a move than it is from Holy Cross. Um, but that is that has been the rumor that's out there. And so, like, I think that is the one thing that kind of gives you pause as like, that's the guy that's going to be the hire, even if he should be. One thing I'm curious about is if a program would be willing to put in a coach's contract that they could leave for X program whenever they want without buyout. I, I know that's how, that? well, it, it, 
there's some historical that's an awful precedent. Idea. It's it's that's also it's idea. also from like 40 years ago. Lou Holtz took the Minnesota job and he said, I, I will never leave Minnesota unless Notre Dame calls. Notre Dame called and he left. And I, I'm curious if any any school why would, would ever school be willing do that? to do that. Yeah, why, why no, would no, the school no, I, do that? I, I'm, I'm, look, I'm not stupid here. <laughs> it, it, this is more of a hypothetical, like that rhetorical question because it's happened in the past. And I, I wonder if, if a coach is good enough where they would ever be willing to, to do that. Would any coach want to do that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think that like happens informally. Like, I think that that already happens where, I like, coaches take a job and they, like, in their mind, they're already kind of like, well, like, if my alma mater calls, like, I'm going to leave. Like, Scott Frost. It's kind of limiting, limiting your options, like, as a coach. Like, if you put in your contract, I'm never going to leave this place. No, except but, for no. Uh, the, the deal was that there was no buyout and he could just void the contract for that one job. That That's it wasn't helpful, that yeah. he couldn't leave for any other job. It was a get out of jail free to go to Notre Dame. Listen, I, helpful, know that, yeah. I know that you're saying that like this is something that already happened in like 1973 or whatever, but like that the is mid-80s. loser mentality. Yeah, that like, that is that is loser mentality. If you're like, yeah, man, you can leave if Notre Dame calls. Then like, yeah, but only yeah, if you, Notre Dame you are, calls. You, you, you are that is loser phenotype. I'm sorry. <laughs> you can if leave I, if your ex calls. You can you can go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Well, I mean, Syracuse already admitted that they're they're willing to be seven and five forever. So yeah, I mean, like you you were asking you were asking a school to do the equivalent of like a celebrity hall pass in a relationship. (laughs) It's all with a head coach. I'm not setting about a load. Setting about a load. I'm just (laughs) merely floating the concept. That's all. It's an awful concept. Next question. He is is going to Syria to he's going to AC Milan on a loan. (laughs) Um, if there were any, if there were any school, any contract, like you were coaching at your alma mater, and were like, I want it put in my contract that I will pay. It, there will be any buyout for any school except this one. I'll go around the table. What is the one school that you would just drop everything as a head coach? Other than our alma maters, is that what you're saying? Yeah, other than your alma mater, I will be Northwestern in this situation because I know Kevin's going to be FAU. So. Uh, Tyler, I'll start with you. If there's one school, like you get the basically the college football hall pass, no buyout. I will never leave my alma mater except if this school comes calling. Which one is it? Well, I, I think we'll have to use Florida as my alma mater, even though I went to uh, community college. Um, That's why we'll use that. I, I think if there was one, it, it would it would have to be a school just super deeply rooted in tradition. Um, it, not gonna lie, I I think that would probably be Washington. I I just I love the aesthetic up there, and and sailgating might be the coolest fucking thing of all time. All right, AJ, I think yours got taken. So it Washington did. has now been filmed <laughs> by head coach Tyler Fornis. You go to Pullman. Let's, let's, to let's battle. All pass. <laughs> you are. Wait, which coach was it that really wanted the uh, Cardinals job in the offseason, but they gave it to Jonathan Cannon and he got cut? No, it was they wanted Sean Payton and yeah. they got stuck with Jonathan Gannon. <laughs> they wanted Florida situation. He wanted Washington, but Tyler chose him first. All right, so you got to choose your one college football hall pass. Which school is it? Man. 
<laughs> He's like actually upset about this. Dude, I'm on our lads, like looking through this thing, going, Who the hell do I want to coach in this scenario? I would say my second choice was going to be Western Kentucky because you could just have a, have a lot what of fun hell, and man? not have to not have to worry <laughs> about from Washington to Western two, Kentucky. Two completely man. different schools on the spectrum. Yeah, going from like a future Big Ten like powerhouse to Western Kentucky. <laughs> Tyler going to be friends with Big Red. Oh hell yeah! Big Red is a huge draw. I've got this. <laughs> Damn, I should have wore the sweatshirt for this episode. Dang, I didn't think about that. Oh, you know, I, I mean, I have no fucking clue. <laughs> probably have to be like, just probably have to be like Hawaii or something. Like, I have to be like Hawaii or something. I can at least enjoy the view when I'm like in my retirement at that point. Like, it would have to be <laughs> so something like retirement that. Retirement school. <laughs> He's going full um, June Jones. Yeah, it was either that or like BYU because I like the mountains, but no. <laughs> not, not Utah? Whoa. She was in the Mormon school just to, just for the views. You know, you know, JP, we talked about Spectrum going from Hawaii to Mormon. Like, that's a real, like... I said that was the other, that would have been like the other, like, I was considering, but I, it would probably have to be Hawaii just for the aesthetic. That's and having like, my, and having like uh, zero expectations, that like that's that's a win. My brother-in-law is from the Big Island, and it's it's, it's incredible out there. Are you gonna bring Dr. Pepper, or is this gonna be a Todd Graham moment? Oh, oh, I would bring Dr. Pepper. <laughs> I would I would bring Dr. Pepper. You're bringing I would have it shipped. That would be part of my buyout. Would be like the buyout <laughs> would have to go to like they just have to like bring it in on an airplane. Like to just drop just it out. Airlifting Dr. Pepper into the island. Like it's some sort of war zone. <laughs> it's like a it's like an Amazon shipment. Every every month we get like. 20 cases of Dr. Pepper sent to the athletics office. We're bringing Fansville to the backyard. <laughs> the University of Welcome to Fansville, USA, in Honolulu, Hawaii. <laughs> Alex, what is your... If Brian Bosworth does not bring me this damn can of Dr. Pepper, I don't want it. <laughs> Alex, what is your college football hall pass? So in this situation, I'm already at Washington because that's my. Well, not line. anymore because. So, I don't yeah, so I've I've been ousted apparently. At, you got fired. My own matter. Um, my joke answer is Montana State because the bit yes. on this podcast has always been that like I'm gonna move into the middle of the wilderness and like disappear off the face of the earth forever. Uh, Montana State is like as close as I can get to doing that while still being a coach of a football program. I feel like, um, uh, my actual answer is probably Michigan. I mean, um. Both my parents went there. My grandparents taught there. Like it, it's, I'm a, I'm a triple legacy at, at Michigan. Um, and so like, if that, if that job ever came calling and I was already here, I'd probably just like, you know, go blue baby. You are hiring Connor Stallions. That's what I'm I am not hiring Connor Stallions. I am. My first order of business is firing Connor Stallions. <laughs> Alex is, Alex Sounds like Google Alex is writing another Michigan manifesto. Kevin, what is your <laughs> college football hall pass? You are. Oh. You have led FAU to a undefeated record, and we all know I didn't do that. <laughs> you led FAU to a seven and five. Oh, and you have been not more realistic. Congrats, congratulations, two-time Boca Raton Bowl winner Kevin Fielder. I am just Lane Kiffin. I am just Lane Kiffin. You are you are Lane Kiffin without the wins and the memes and the visor. So the, you are Lane Kiffin without Joey Freshwater. So I was actually going to choose Michigan because. 
very conveniently, I have the Michigan Cup right here. Oh. Alex got there first again. He's boarded, he's boarded up the athletic office and went, you can't come in. <laughs> Did you like Jamal Adams <laughs> on Hard Knocks? The door just wasn't opening. <laughs> you, you scheduled the interview and then just the door wasn't open. Nope, can't come in. And then like you, you go to like a, some like restaurant and see like Michigan hired Alex Katz and his head coach. You're like, what the hell, man? So I would I would have to stay on the East Coast because I don't want to go anywhere else, but like besides East or like Central uh time zone. Uh two two lane is like a fun answer for me, but I'd still want to like be able to like win a national championship, but unfortunately that won't happen at Tulane. I I keep going back to like it would be I feel like it would be cool as hell to like coach at Penn State because of the atmosphere. Oh brother. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> well, sorry, sorry. I'm not going to choose Miami because Miami's the cop out answer. I, 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 I love, I love how Kevin chose the school that almost got the death penalty a decade yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. So, so the worst. So, school, so and Tyler so tried to choose what's the. So, so the next part was going to be, uh, I'm not choosing them because of said uh, death penalty, and I don't want to be involved in that. Uh, the other answer is Georgia, and they also have problems. Uh, UNC. Why would no. you want that job? I think. <laughs> Why would you want that? Because you could win a lot there, two, man. Two times seven and five. Kevin Fielder. Okay. Okay. I have one. The brick I have one. To his house. I have one. I have one. SMU. Dallas. Go from fake is, death penalty to real death Dallas penalty. Dallas is awesome. Dallas is awesome. That, uh, I should have thought of that. I, you I can was win here, a lot there. I was sitting here thinking that. The ACC is like now an actual possibility. Like they're going to the ACC, so there's like a possibility of competing for a national championship. And they give you a shit ton of money. They give you a metric boatload of money to just kind of throw recruits NIL-wise. And it's it would be kind of fun. Uh, the other answer is Notre Dame because I feel like it would be cool oh, to go to Notre Dame. <laughs> Out of here. It's a, it's a Notre Dame. You well, again, 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 again. You took Michigan from me. You took Michigan from me. No, no. You are a fake Michigan man. If Michigan gets taken from you, and you say you you're going to go, I'm not a Michigan man. But if the other answer is not Miami, because the obvious answer is yeah, I'm taking Miami, and I'm going to bring the U back to like eight. You could have said that. <laughs> no, but that's the cop out answer. That's the only way this could have been worse is if Kevin said like Texas A&M or Ohio State. Like that's that's the only way your Baylor. answer could have been. Jesus Christ, Liberty. Kevin at Liberty would be the funniest thing ever. I would get I would get fired. In Kevin's not showing up to any of the Sunday services, <laughs> mainly because he overslept. Hey Kevin, why weren't you there? Sorry, I thought it started at one. No, it starts at eleven. Ah shit, I'll be there next week. Where were you at church service, my brother in Christ? They're gonna stop praying for you, and they don't stop praying for anybody. Kevin is gonna feel like, no, guys, I'm eating cereal till one. Like that's it's too much for me. Guys, look at the schedule that I sent all of you, and it's just cereal till like two o'clock. So if I I have two, the first one is I guess kind of the family connection. First one's Florida A&M. If I had any like college football hall pass, Florida A&M. Uh, most of my family went to Florida A&M. They are, they really, really like being good at football and they are really, really good at football. But my actual answer is Georgia Tech. I'm bringing sexy back. I'm bringing back the triple option. Let's, let's run it back. I'm, I'm bringing Paul Johnson on the staff. We are running the triple option. I will sprinkle in some Coastal Carolina triple stuff, but we are bringing sexy back to the ACC and winning the ACC. 
I, JP I going from being a drum major to running the triple is quite the dichotomy. It's the it's the perfect JP. Thing. I, I I would just like to say I thought afterwards that uh, I, as someone who is a certified UCF, how many hater, answers are you gonna give? I just want to say that I would choose UCF just so I can have them go zero and twelve every year and then laugh from. It wouldn't my... be hard. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be hard. It wouldn't. Which is why I do it. <laughs> I'm only recruiting guys from Wyoming. Now that I've now that I've like actually thought about it, uh, and we're doing the the family ties, I would probably go to Tulsa because I was born there, and my mom taught my mom taught there, so I think that'd be kind of fun. And there's there's no expectations at Tulsa. You just run a fun as hell offense and just make life annoying for everybody else in the American. And a don't pretty, hire Brennan Marion when you need to run that fun as hell offense. Just a pretty interesting that. one I think that I was kind of thinking about was NC State. Like you don't. You don't really have pressure to win as much. Like if you you just beat UNC every couple of years, you go eight and four, you go nine and three. Like that's pretty. That's a pretty good. And then game. you call out people on the, on the CW. It's- call out Steve Smith on the CW after <laughs> that. Clemson. To that same vibe, like I feel like Duke would be kind of cool too because, like, I don't know. It, it, it's fine. It, but would, be difficult. it would be difficult. It would be difficult. Like you have so, to choose one. So I was going to choose Stanford, but then I realized that like it's just too hard to win there, and like I wouldn't want my my dream no buyout money deal to go be to go coach at Stanford and like have to finish six and six, and it be considered like a a very cool little thing to do. Um, I don't know. Six years ago, Stanford was winning ten games a year. Man, sorry, I don't have Andrew Luck and Christian McCaffrey anymore. They, like, I was going to say they won ten games with Kevin Hogan. Respect Kevin Hogan. Yeah, they also yeah. had Christian McCaffrey. So. Like I legitimate Heisman Trophy winner. I did think about saying Stanford also, but see, Stanford. I thought about. I thought about North Dakota State. That's a good one. Yeah, like that. Yeah, I lived in Fargo when I moved there. It was the first year that they didn't win the national championship. Then they spouted off like you fucked it it up seven in ten years. (laughs) No, the um no, it was the first year Eastern Washington ended up winning the Natty, but in in the quarterfinal game there was a a botched fumble call brock jensen didn't fumble it quarterback and then on replay they called it a fumble and it like i was working at the time and and the entire b-dubs went absolutely ballistic it's a fun fargo's a fun town if you don't mind cold and you like drinking beer okay what do we think oh sorry go ahead tyler you done no that that was about it it's like you can get good recruits up there you can what about nebraska no no too much pressure. They still think it's, it's not, Tom Osborne. It's not just the pressure. It's like you're in the Big Ten. You're in Omaha. You're in Lincoln. Your, your identity in the Big Ten is like the same as every other team in the Big Ten. You are not special. Like Nebraska was <laughs> special, but like now everybody does that. Yeah. One, my one that I wanted to talk ask was, what about San Diego State? No. Oh, yeah. With, like, with, you get like rid of all the bad Brady Hope vibes. Like, do they have money though? Yes, they do yeah, have money. They, they, they got money. Have a lot of money, increasingly money. so. It's Mountain West. Like, you, yeah. you can win a lot of games. You can do that same topic. Boise State would be really fun because you've got the P5 facilities. Oh, I couldn't be, handle the field. The expectation, really the field would piss me off. I'd get <laughs> changed fun. immediately and then get fired. So that's why I didn't choose it. Um, oh, if you if y'all were a head coach, like, and y'all, you know, the turnover cane or like turnover like chainsaw, would y'all have one of those? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. I think the turnover awesome. potato. 
All right, Idaho. <laughs> just come on, man. <laughs> just lob it at somebody. At the All end right. Of He's going to take this potato and just throw just, it. Just, potato, just have unsalted potato that Kevin likes to try. On the you know what? And just Tyler is the per- Tyler's the perfect coach at North Dakota State. <laughs> the turnover cereal. The turnover cereal bowl. The turnover cereal bowl. Jesus Christ. Nobody's going to want to play for you. <laughs> no, what? You guys You guys know how like the Angels with Otani have the samurai helmet when you hit a home run? Oh, that's, <laughs> oh, that's hard. That's good. Oh, yeah. So mine was the uh, – Texas A&M had like the pimp cane. Oh, those also awesome. had the pimp cane. That would be mine. So yeah. that'd be cool as hell. So speaking of turnover, or, like, title belt. Alabama. Oh, that that's title, title belt would be would have so, been mine. So so going back to uh, the whole like turnover thing, uh, UNLV would also be a very fun job. The turnover slot machine the is the greatest thing of all time. You would have the turnover slot machine. Now my only problem is, I think I get arrested for like, or I think I just go broke from gambling too much. You think what? you should have rested? What, brother? Dog, there are help lines. <laughs> you are gambling away the buyout money. <laughs> Whoops, lost all my money. They're gonna. You remember how Arizona was like two hundred forty million in the hole? That's gonna be Kevin at UNLV, but he just spent it on like Caesar's Palace. Hey, hey, Kevin. Hey, Kevin. Why is there a negative eighty million dollar charge in your bank account? Yeah, I went out last night. It wasn't a good night. He's not spending it at Caesar's Palace. He's spending that at Caesar's Pizza, dog. (laughs) (laughs) How many hot Reddies do you think I'd buy? Hey, man. Enough. Enough. What, six bucks now? Seven bucks now? So on this same vein, I did want to ask if y'all were a head coach and there was one school that came up to you and offered the job, is there anyone that you'd be like, hell no? Absolutely not. I'm no, never Iowa. I'm not moving to Iowa. See, that's a good one. All right. That's a really good I, one. I didn't I know you hated Iowa, Iowa that much, but uh, oh, Iowa sucks, man. It does. It's really bad. Uh, I heard an Ohio State mention, like, yeah. I, I said Ohio State. I, I also say USC. Yeah, USC. Honestly, would, oh, USC would be kind of fun. I would yeah. never I would never go to Tennessee. <laughs> One, I can't stand Rocky Top. Two, the color scheme is Whoa, whoa, We are Rocky not disrespecting Rocky, Rocky Top right now. I'm disrespecting Rocky Top. Get out of here. Get out of here. Rocky Top is the best fight song in college football. By Kevin, far. it sucks. Bye. Like it's Okay, oh. yeah. Um, I wouldn't go to Alabama. Would not would not coach at Alabama. Because Didn't you say Tuscaloosa as a town kind of stinks? Yeah, it's a one, it's a stinky town. But two, like, if you don't win, <laughs> if you don't win, like... Eight game, like nine games, they're gonna throw a brick through your window. Like they have done that. They have thrown bricks through windows. Yeah, very. Yeah, yeah. It's very. Also, like some tinges of racismo. Not, not real tinges, but like, like it's tinges in the way that, like, you know how they uh, Christian babies and like they just dunk them in the water. Yeah, that's the tinge of racismo. Like that's the. Yeah. Are you talking oh, baptism? No, to both Mississippi schools. Oh yeah, both Mississippi yeah, schools. Yeah. Both Mississippi hard. schools. Honestly, my, my, my answer would have been Auburn. Yeah. You know what? I, I couldn't do it. I'm Auburn. saying no to most of the SEC, honestly. Yeah. yeah. Except for like maybe Vandy, because you can win six games there and still keep your job, and it'd be kind of cool. Just I'm not coaching at Vandy. No, it's, I do it it's for also year. really fucking hard to win six games at Vandy. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. I, the academic standards are, are too high, especially when you consider like you. You're competing against all the other big AJ, schools in the SEC. AJ, I want to ask, as an Oklahoma fan, would you coach at Texas? 
we're recording. I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> he said, uh, I'm pleading the fifth. Um, said, you, you know where I no. would probably say no to? Baylor. Yeah. yeah. I just the vibes are just off with Baylor. You want to, from somebody who lives down the street, like about an hour, that's not down the street, but down the highway from them. Not a very long The reason why you don't want to work at Baylor is because Waco is always under construction. Okay. It would take you an hour to get from your house to the damn university. There was a TikTok trend of like, yo, go on vacation to Waco. And all the people I followed were like, don't do that. I have a new one where I would be like, I right, this is my college football hall pass, Virginia Tech. I would Ooh, ask that's the yeah. ass at Virginia yeah, Tech. Just because you just can mainly just because I want the inner sandman. Yeah. I just want the inner sandman thing because that'd be so cool. I will say Utah might be a good hall pass too, because that that's just Utah a fun atmosphere. Be, Utah would be cool. Yeah. But I, just I think, think Utah, Utah would be cool for like two weeks. Then I'd be like, I don't really want to be here anymore. <laughs> well, that's just that's just Kevin. Like, I would. I would coach the first two weeks of the season and then quit. I know. I I would Mandy Diaz and I'd be there for two weeks. And Effie, you would come back on yeah. and go. I'll be right back. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you already gave like eight answers for your whole pass. <laughs> I was working. <laughs> I'm process of elimination. You're out there, now. You're there on your run and marry like shit, a yearbook going like. And that was process of elimination. Alex, that was process of elimination. <laughs> I was going through all the Phil problematic schools. <laughs> what other school would I just straight up not coach at? Clemson. Um, Clemson. I would not coach at Clemson. Clemson. Well, I feel like Clemson. Well, yeah, I, I don't know. Honestly, truthfully, I, I think I could do it just because I like I think, the campus I think, when I toured. I could, I, I, could. I could coach at Clemson. Boston yeah. College, I would not coach at. Don't ask me why. Catholic don't ask school. me to explain. Nope. Just, nope. Not doing it. Catholic school. Can you say that publicly, JP? <laughs> what? I, today I learned that Boston yeah. College was a Catholic school. I, yeah, you I, didn't I, know I, this? You didn't no, know didn't. this? This is very – no, I'm talking to AJ. Like, you, you didn't know this? No, I mean, I I didn't I didn't think JP could just be like, I won't coach there because they're Catholic. I, I'm that's, not what, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what he was implying. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. That's what I, well, that's I, not, that's what no, I heard. That's what I, I heard. So. Don't do this to me. <laughs> I will say that That's I know I, I know Clemson has some of the dabble stink, but I think Clemson would actually be a pretty good job. Oh, uh, Clemson UCLA. Will be UCLA, I would not coach at because you're not getting fans there. There is oh, no I fan base. I love There's no fan UCLA. base. I couldn't do that. You I win nine games with your head up again, Al, would more than UCLA. I, I think that would be You win nine games with UCLA, you are Teflon. Like I, Ooh, Oregon State, Corvallis would be cool. That would be kind of dope. And they Although they don't, they don't. Fun fact: I found this out today. They don't offer media meals, and this is still random. I don't ask me why I know this, but they don't offer media meals. That that's that probably because their stadium's under construction. <laughs> yeah, that's Mandy why offers one. Mandy offers one. one. They they got a scoreboard hooked up to a crate. Um, I wouldn't coach at Florida just because no, like that. Yeah, I wouldn't not. coach at Florida State for the same reason. I First would coach. I, I'm going to get ratioed by every Miami fan. I'd coach out of FSU. Yeah, it's it's a good – It's a you cool deserve a ratio. Dude. It's a cool place, dude. Like, I loved that campus when I went. Tallahassee's bad. Like You have no morals. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. Unlike well, every he other – He said he was going to coach at a school for two weeks. Yeah, <laughs> I was going to Manny Diaz this, and I said that completely. 
I think another cool one, just just for like me personally, I think James Madison is yeah, pretty sick with the fan base. Cool. And I think the university, from what we I saw in game day, was just absolutely gorgeous. They like, set the record by the hell 8, out of that. thousand fans at game day. Yeah, App State too. App State, for that same reason. App State, App State yeah. State. I think Wyoming would be sick. Incredible. That atmosphere is incredible. Wyoming, okay. is okay. that what you said? I, yeah. yeah, I have to yeah. ask. Yeah. One service academy you have to coach that. Which one are you choose? Air Force. Air Force. It's Air Force. I'm going Army. I'm going Army. Oh, this was... No, I'm going <laughs> Army. Sweet. I'm going Army because they've established that they're like probably better built towards winning so far. That's I don't want to go that far. The triple option. You I don't want to go that far east, and Air Force oh. has won like nine out of the last ten commanders. Yeah, I, I think I would probably have to go with Air Force, too. Air Force yeah, is 92. That's why I didn't choose Air Force, because all of you chose Air Force, and that's no fun when we all choose the same thing. Get Get with the process here. Um, oh man, by the way, did you see Navy's uniform reveal today? The submarine, the nuclear submarine. Oh, I didn't see that one. I'd so go back cool. and see it. Arby's releasing theirs, I think, early this week. Probably, um, it was supposed to be today. I think Army hasn't released theirs yet. No, I think haven't. it might be tomorrow. They released like a, tr- a teaser to their teaser video, it was really funny. <laughs> <laughs> now, I'm just thinking about schools that I just wouldn't coach at. Um, Man. South Dakota State. I would never, ever live in Brookings. And it has nothing Word. to do with South Dakota State. My, no, wife is, my wife is an alum of South Dakota State. I could never live in Brookings. That's, that's understandable. I lived in a bigger South Dakota town of 21,000. Brookings is smaller. No no chance. Wouldn't go to Indiana because I don't like Indiana. Yeah, I could go coach in Indiana. I, I think Texas State in San Marcos is such a weird place to to live. Yeah, because uh, you know what's in San Marcos? It's outlet malls. That's what's in San Marcos. It's, it's oh, a big yeah. old giant little, outlet mall. Uh, you can do like little uniform photo shoots. Just do it outside the, the strip malls. <laughs> Where is San Marcos in uh, relation to another big city in Texas? It's, it's pretty far, isn't it? Far. No, it's, it's about an hour from me ish maybe closer to 45 minutes so then it's probably what about like, another 45 minutes like to San Antonio? Texas, right in, i think it's yes yeah i think it's it's south of me oh utsa for schools that i would absolutely go coach at that place UTSA awesome. it, another one that I, that I wouldn't coach would be utep because i was gonna say UTEP, yeah. yeah there's yeah. no airport i'm not going to el paso <laughs> yeah no. um kevin would you coach at fiu no because I don't know if any of you know the facilities at FIU. Oh, it's yeah, a, you can't win there. It's impossible to win there. It's like it is quite literally impossible to win there. And like I couldn't, I couldn't do that to myself. I'd be like, I'd, I'd quit after two weeks, like I would at Utah. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I quit after two weeks. School list. Speaking of Utah and quitting on teams. Um, <laughs> We're gonna switch over oh, to the NFL. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> that's awesome. The Jets benching Zach Wilson finally at the end of uh the Bills and Jets game. And Robert Sala kind of saying, like, yeah, this is like it felt like it was a decision that had to be made now, which kind of brings up like, what about all the other weeks where you look just like this? But they're gonna start Tim Boyle. I don't know how Tim Boyle has a job, but for Zach Wilson, this feels like AJ. This feels like one of the biggest like busts like ever at this point. Yeah, I, it's it's 
up there with some of the worst all time, I, I think. Because not only do you have, and and part of this is even going back to like the the pre draft hype, where some people were like, could he even go number one overall over Trevor Lawrence and all that nonsense, and like, and then you kind of see Justin Fields doing well. I I think the game against Detroit was was a good starting point, but I think the Jets would take Justin Fields right now. Like even if he doesn't ultimately pan out, what he has shown is significantly better than what Zach Wilson has done. Uh, I mean, I think Mac Jones, <laughs> as bad as his season has been, I think the Jets would probably take Mac Jones right now as well, and probably Trey Lance. It it's it's strange. Like like what you were saying, what possibly could have changed? in your evaluation from even like week five to this week, because now you've, now you're just screwed because you missed the trade deadline and you were adamant that Zach Wilson was like better than he actually was. Like he didn't answer any questions at any given point with his performance. And and that's, what's so bizarre. What makes this decision for not for him just not even to get benched. He got demoted to third string. He's behind Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon now. Northwestern legend, Trevor Simeon. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a relatively normal thing when you bench a guy like this. I've seen I, – I can't remember who it was the last one, but I think it was last year or the year before. When you bench a guy, you don't even give him a chance to be the backup because then you keep the outside noise out of it. And then there's not people clamoring for him to enter the game if the, if the guy replacing him does poorly. But so then, yeah. why not just release him and let him go well, I mean, potentially land somewhere else? Keep not. The, he's but, still so a potential still asset and the cap. Yeah. What asset? What asset is he now? Kevin, Kevin, ass. there's a, like, like asset. <laughs> there's always a coach who thinks they can fix somebody. No, there isn't. There is. Yeah, there is. Yes, there are. Oh, I, yes, I there are. You. I bet yeah. you Kyle Shanahan has Zach Wilson by 2025. But is the is the seventh round pick swap worth keeping him on the roster if you're going to try oh, and eliminate the outside? It saves you voice? like five million bucks on the so, cap. Absolutely. Hang on. So hang on, hang on. So a lot of people have been comparing this to the Blake Bortles thing, where Bortles got benched by the Jags eventually and then got cut, and nobody picked him up because like you watch the tape and there's nothing redeemable on it. Uh what what is the redeemable part of the Zach Wilson tape where someone picks him back up? Like they're gonna see the BYU pro it's, day. It's That's rare. All that. Yeah, it's the BYU pro day. Like it is rare that that happens, right? But like, yeah. What what is what is the what is the thing that you're seeing on tape as an NFL coach to be like, yeah, we can take another shot on this guy. I I, I, I think the one thing is he like he's had. At this point, you know, kind of every chance that there is, they have two. Garrett Wilson won Offensive Rookie of the Year. Brees Hall was going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year before Torrey's ACL. Like, they've invested in the offensive line. They've invested in the defense. They've done everything. Like, they, they've put him in a position where all he has to do is score 17 points, and he can't do it. Like, well, what they also the downgraded an offensive that coordinator that pretty heavily. Um, I, I think, just play devil's advocate, because I, I Katzen, I think overall you're right. Um. I, I think there's two p- ways that you can point here. One, uh, Nathaniel Hackett's calling your plays, and your mileage is going to vary in your opinion of him, but I don't have the highest opinion of him as a, as a play caller and a coach. Um, and then two, the guy's 24 years old, and when he does have a good feel in the pocket, he can make some really, really nice plays. It's far from consistent and far from the norm, but there are real nice flashes that when he is – 
when he has it figured out. And I, I could see a coach easily convincing themselves that, hey, I can extract more from this guy because that's how coaches think. So what I'm hearing is he's going to be on the 49ers. Yeah. That's that's what's going to happen. He's going to be on the 49ers. Spend a year in the The 49ers already have their little like reclamation project in Brock Purdy. Yeah, that's what, that's that's what, what this is. That's what this is. Kyle Shanahan is running Foster's home for imaginary friends, but it's Kyle's home for bad first round picks <laughs> at quarterback. He's got the Nick Saban coaching clinic, but only for busts at quarterback. Like, I think Sam Darnold is probably, uh, I guess he's Wilt in this situation. If you know Foster's home for imaginary yeah, friends. Yeah. Um, and then Zach Wilson in this case is, uh, I guess he's blue. He's probably blue. Blue, blue. He's is not a, cheese. No, Josh Allen is cheese. Josh Allen is cheese. <laughs> like that is the ultimate goal. His ultimate goal is to get Josh Allen without having to like do all of the development stuff for Josh Allen. <laughs> like he wants to skip all the. Like, it just fix him. It just fix him. He is he is the One Piece fan who wants to skip all of the filler. <laughs> like just skip just skip everything that happened pre time skip. And just see all the cool fights. But That's like, Kyle Shanahan and Josh Allen. He so wants Josh only, Allen without the, without the Josh Allen before Josh Allen. My only question here with Zach Wilson is like, let's say they do cut him in the offseason. And they do say like, hey, man, we're going to give you the opportunity to go find another spot to land. Because I think that's what Rappaport had mentioned. of Like, well, there's still a possibility of release uh, and, you know, let him find his reclamation project or whatever. Like, where is that even going to be? Like, I, I keep think of like realistic answers, and like the 49ers are probably not a realistic answer. Uh, can, can anyone name one that's like realistic? Because I can't. AJ, you go first, and I'm going to say mine. Say Miami, and I swear to God. The Los Angeles Rams. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Let's go. Yeah. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Sean I mean, final boss. Listen, they try, they're they trying the Carson Wentz bit, right? It, it, you might as well go for Zach Wilson, too, because like, they don't have a backup behind Matthew Stafford, right? They tried the Brett Rippon. That didn't work out. They're going to try Carson Wentz. Yeah. yeah we'll see how that goes. You might as well just... You know, mine is Atlanta Falcons quarterback Zach Wilson. Let's yeah. go. Arthur Smith uh, has gotten so bored that he has just decided. I was going to say he could do the Mitch Trubisky thing and go spend a year in Buffalo as a backup. He's going to uh, he like, go Patrick Mahomes backup. And yeah, then he could go to the Chiefs. He could go to Tampa. Hey, he be the, the spiritual successor to Baker Mayfield. He could go to the Steelers. No, like that's the spot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't think oh, I don't I don't think they're letting Mike, Mike Tomlin. I don't think Mike Tomlin's allowing this to be a thing that they do. Mike Tomlin would kill Zach Wilson. <laughs> because like with Robert with that. like Robert Sala did the whole thing like what three weeks ago of like guys, he's improving. Like, watch the film, he's improving. Mike Tomlin would just go like, dude, he sucks. <laughs> what about what about Denver? Uh <sighs> I feel, like Sean I feel like Sean Payton. <laughs> I'm just gonna brush right on by that one. I don't think I don't think Sean Payton wants him. Sean Payton, I think, would actually put Zach Sean Wilson Payton in the headline. Sean Payton would punt Zach Wilson from the top of the stadium. Can Zach so, Wilson play tight end? 
That that's a, the uh, Sean Payton <laughs> angle is really intriguing Hill arc. <laughs> because before I think it was before Mahomes actually broke out, Payton went on record saying if the Chiefs didn't trade up for him, they were going to take him at eleven. And I think he's really really intrigued by that level of arm talent, even though Zach Wilson's way way far away from what Mahomes is as a quarterback. I think he was intrigued by it. No, I, I see what you're saying, and I remember them saying that, but that also kind of feels like the Lakers really want to trade for Giannis Antetokounmpo, or the Lakers yeah. really want to trade for Damian Lillard, or the Lakers were in on yada, yada, yada. Like, yeah, it's easy to say, like, yeah, we were going to pick Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. The Knicks were going to sign LeBron James. Yeah, yeah no, but this I, is the that was... Zion Williamson thing. That I do remember that interest from like actual beat writers. The interest was real, and that wasn't just Peyton throwing shit around. But no, it was, no, it was the Knicks every it's, year. It's fair to be like, yeah, that's real. Like it's a real. I, I know, but I'm I like I get why you're memeing, and it makes complete sense. But I, this isn't a meme. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, I understand that. But to some degree, that like this is still four years or like two years, three years removed for Zach Wilson. Like he has not proven anything to be the reclamation project. Like. There's nothing that I watch and go, oh man, you get him in the right system, everything else can not not be worried. There's this like, as you guys mentioned, the one redeemable trait. There isn't a redeemable trait that like I'm like really excited about, and like so, other guys have that. So what about Seattle? They already have their court. Yeah, Drew Locke. But he's also like, I'm. Well, can Zach actually, Wilson rap Young Jeezy? That's the question. That's a good, that's a good point. I don't, I don't think that Zach Wilson, Wilson knows who Young Jeezy is. <laughs> Zach Wilson has never listened to a rap is song. Is Zach Wilson A.J. Schulte? <laughs> oh, God, A.J.'s going to kill me. <laughs> I went quiet that whole thing because I knew it was going to come up, honestly. <laughs> Just the unprompted shot of AJ. That night, AJ I knew it was coming. That's why I'm, I, I closed AJ, my eyes. Like, oh, here we go. Do, do, do you know who Jeezy is? Yes. I okay, good. All right, word. Word. Okay. Oh, it works. It, that works. No, keep um, that in. Keep that in. It is going to be interesting when we look back at the 2021 class, like how many of these guys end up being reclamation projects. Stray Lance is already there. Uh, Zach Wilson is really like, like, like speed and bullet headed towards there. I don't know what's going to happen with Justin Fields. I think they give him another year. I, I think they keep him and say, "Hey, we're going to finally give you pieces to like try and win." Because like he looked, he looked good. Like he, I think even like with the early season struggles, he started to get a little better before the thumb injury. And even like the Lions game, like that was the perfect outcome for the Bears and Bears fans. Justin Fields looked good. The skill talent looked fine, and coaching was the problem. Easy. That's a win for everybody. Like, you can rationalize, like, yeah, we're going to get rid of the coaching because that's that was the difference in a win or loss against the one of the best teams in the NFC, like coaching. But it's going to be interesting to see how many of these guys end up as reclamation projects or, yeah. like, that, that whole class was strange because you even have, like, Zaven Collins, who has moved from, like, off-ball linebacker to pass rusher and neither one of them have really worked out for him so far. Um, and, but even then, like Kadarius, Tony, he's already there. been the reclamation project. Right. But it, but then, you know, like Peyton Turner, who knows, uh, 
Jeff Tryonshinka in uh, Tampa Bay, Eric Stokes in Green Bay. Like, there's so many that that whole class is. You're just sitting there going, I, I don't. Alex Leatherwood, Jamin Davis, Jamin Davis. Yeah. What's there's the so Najee Harris reclamation arc? I actually looked at uh, potential reclamation trade targets for the Vikings for that reason because Quasi uh, Dopamens has already shown a tendency to take a guy who has underperformed based on his draft stock and potential ability and see if they can get a reclamation project. Jalen Rager, Ross Blacklock, um, TJ Hawkins was a little bit of a different scenario. They've maximized him, but it wasn't like he was bad in any sense. The Lions were just never going to pay him. Like That's what he likes to do. It's, it's the money ball approach. Take a risk. A two-year deal Like for Rager, it was like, I don't know, it was like a total of like $4 million inherited for the Vikings. That's that's worth the risk for like a fifth and a seventh because there was a lot of talent. He just wasn't good. So has has that worked yet? Um, if you count Hawkinson, yes. It has but it. No. It, it's their Rager, Josh Dobbs. It, I, I was actually really surprised that they uh, they cut Rager because he was he looked really good in camp. And with Jalen Naylor on IR to start the year, and he's only been active for two games, I was really surprised that they cut him. But, I mean, it wasn't like he was head, like head and shoulders above anyone else. He just he looked like a capable wide receiver. Yeah, even when we look back at that 2021 draft, like think about all those guys that were like, oh, this guy could be good. Like Caleb Farley for uh, Tennessee, like, Mm-hmm. That just hasn't worked out at all. Like we're gonna look injuries, back at, man. We're gonna look back at that 2021 I, class as kind of a like I guess a watershed moment for I, how we evaluate like talent. Well, to be fair, that was also COVID. So like, I wonder if some of it was still like trying to work through the whole like COVID scouting because I think that was still COVID scouting and like trying to work through some of those things. But one player I wanted to ask from that class because I don't watch. Uh, the Colts enough. Like, Quiddy Pay, has he been anything yet? I he's think he's solid. He's been good. Yeah. Okay. He's, he's solid. I, I, don't know I figured if... he wasn't like reclamation project bad, but I didn't know if he was like good. Yeah. I think, I think I they view him as a building block. He's yeah. a capable starting edge. Yeah. That's how I describe it. Yeah. Like, he's not going to be like a guy like, oh, he'll win you games, but he's not going to act yeah. like the reclamation project pass rusher would, been, would be like Peyton Turner, right? Yeah. Like, he, yeah. I mean, he's just it's, not really been on the field, and uh, like he he flashed as a rookie, but that was yeah, I mean, just kind of it. Then he got hurt, and he's overtaken by dudes. Like that's just yeah. unfortunate for him. But like that class was always weird because it was like if you look through that class now, there's like some real all pros or like really good football players. Yeah. There's some like really good young players still, like Jalen Phillips, who are like going to probably be really good players in the future. But there's not like much average in that first round. There's that, like that top forty at the, the beginning of the second round. It's like Javon Holland, Javante Williams, Elijah Moore, Christian Barmore. <laughs> it's like yeah, it's like, like it's Campbell. like hit Tyson Campbell. It's like hit, 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 hit right in a row. It's insane. There's, and there's, then like, even like you could go all the way like the first like from thirty three to thirty nine. Tyson Campbell, Elijah Moore, Javante Williams, Javon Holland, Landon Dickerson, Christian Barmore, and Tevin Jenkins. Like Richard Grant, Richard Grant for the Falcons. Grant's been good this yeah. year. I mean, it's even like getting past like. And then the Dolphins took Liam Eikenberg. 
hey, he is a starting left guard for the Dolphins Kelvin, right now because Kelvin Joseph is really bad. Man, I, I really thought Eichenberg was going to be good. Not not ever oh, elite, but I thought he was going to be good. <laughs> well, he's not. Dante Samuel Jr., no. 47th pick. Yeah. Tom. Kel- Kelvin Joseph, who has just been cut. I believe he was waived. He was waived by the right? Dolphins yeah. when they needed to bring up guys from the IR because they had about 12 guys on the IR at one point. Uh, yeah. And then you have uh, Jeremiah Wilson. Cormos, like growing into a really good football player. Okay, is really good. I mean, holy crap! Even like Um, Pat Fryermuth is like a solid tight end. Yeah, like I mean, and then you immediately have Tutu Atwell and and Dwayne Eskridge. (laughs) You just had to bring up. Yeah, I was going to if he wasn't. It's after Pat Fryermuth, D. Eskridge, Tutu Atwell, then Nick Bolton, then Terrace Marshall Jr. Okay, okay, I have a question. Then Creed Humphrey. I have a question. I want to propose from this from the first round. Who would be your reclamation project from this from this 2021 draft? Like, if you were the GM and you had to take in, a dude in what in in the first round or this entire draft? The first, the first round, round only. First round only. Ooh, can't, can't go to the seventh round and go. I want this guy now. <laughs> Caleb um, Farley or Peyton Turner? Would it be those fair, would be the two? Would it be fair to use Kyle Pitts? <sighs> I don't think he's a reclamation project. I think that's just our fifth. He has he has, he has four touchdowns in his career. Deron Bland has four touchdowns this year. Arthur Smith yeah. thinks he's a left tackle. Next would, question. That's a reclamation. Would it be fair to say J.C. Horn? I mean, if we're I, counting Kyle Pitts, we have to count J.C. Horn at this point. Like, this is why I wanted to say, like, we don't, we aren't counting Kyle Pitts. I, I, I see, I see the thought process, but when I view reclamation project, I think like it, it's it's guys who have not played well. Yes, and okay. Kyle Pitts and J.C. Horn have both played really well. They're just in shitholes. Okay, fine, fine. I won't do. I won't choose Kyle Pitts. I, um, I, I have mine, and that's it's pretty easy for me. Uh, Trey Lance, like, don't do that stuff. I really thought I, I thought Trey Lance was was fine in the preseason. Bad. I don't know what the hell Kyle Shanahan was he is, on. Like, he is I, the he is the emergency backup for the Dallas Cowboys behind Cooper Rush. Don't do this, man. I don't care. I I don't care. Quite frankly. I, I'm fine with it. Like I would absolutely take a flyer. Why not? I beg the Vikings to take a flyer. So we're yeah. choosing guys who haven't been good. Because I'm choosing Najee Harris. I'll allow Najee Harris. I, I would allow Najee say, Harris. Like, I, I'm, I, think I might pick Najee as well. I think I'm picking Najee Harris. I think he has been kind of miscast on the Steelers. Like the Steelers want to run a lot of zone stuff, and Najee Harris is not a zone running back. Uh, I mean, can I say Rashad Bateman? Is that an acceptable answer? I was gonna. Yeah. I was gonna say. I, I, was, I, I was super high on him coming out, and he's he just been like, bad, he's not... just been injury yeah, he, he hasn't. Yeah, he's been a little bit injury prone, and I think that like now with with Flowers and with OBJ and stuff, like he's kind of gotten like pushed aside a little bit. So I think that's more kind of like why I think he qualifies there. But like, yeah, it, it's been more like injuries than anything else. So mine is. AJ mentioned him earlier, uh, the guy who's been through like three different positions on the Cardinals defense. I really like Zayvon Collins coming out. Like, he was one of my favorite players in this class. Uh, I I still think like his athleticism can probably work in the NFL. Uh, and I could be horribly wrong in that sense. But like he's one of those guys that like I just can't quit. And like I believe in him still, even if no one else does kind of thing. But like if if David Collins has zero fans, I am no longer on this earth kind of thing. But like, I I think he could still be good as an outside linebacker in the right right system so, or right team. 
this could this will be the last thing we talk about because I'm looking at the 2022 draft for this reclamation thing. Um, who is someone from the 2022 draft that you would call your reclamation project? Because I think I kind of got them, which is I'm going to pick Traylon Burks. I was a big Traylon Burks fan when he was in Arkansas, like big, big, fast guy. Like I can, I can work with that. Like I can, I can turn that into something. I just think like Tennessee's offense is kind of stinky booty butt cheeks. Before so. we go too far into 2022, I want to talk about my guy in 2021 first. Oh yeah, go ahead. Um, it'd either be Peyton Turner or Caleb Farley, but I think Farley's just too far gone with injuries. And Peyton Turner's dealt with him, but I loved Peyton Turner coming out of that, that class. And he was my favorite player in the 2022 class. So of course the Saint, the 21-21 class, I mean, so of course the Saints took him. Um, I really thought that he could be a true game wrecker inside and outside. And I think like, when I was looking at it specifically from a Vikings lens, I thought he would be a great asset to what Brian Flores likes to do. And he's been doing a lot of three edge rushers and even a few four edge rusher looks. Uh, and with his ability to play inside and out, I think it would be a really fun like utilization of him. And he just got buried on the depth chart, especially with Carl Granderson really stepping up and becoming a dude. And the injuries have just been brutal for him. So that would be my guy. So going to the 22 class, I said mine, Traylon Burks. Um, what's y'all's like 2022 reclamation project? Mine is, and I'm staying on brand with this one, Kyrie Elam. Like it has not worked out in Buffalo at all. Like he's a healthy scratch most games. Uh, I still think he's got NFL talent in him. And I think this is now a thing where it's like, he's just in a situation in Buffalo where it has not worked out enough that his confidence just is, is just completely shot. And like, this is not talking off of any like actual sorcering or anything, but like it feels like a situation where it, it's just not working there because at some point, like if you, if enough people don't quote unquote believe in you in there and you're an active, healthy scratch in most games at some point, it's just not going to work out, but he's still like athletic. He can play good in coverage. Like he's still a guy who I think could be a solid number two corner. I think mine, I'm going to stay on brand here a little bit. Um, I'm going to go Evan Neal, to tell you the truth. I, I, I'm i still banking on the athleticism of Neal. I, I think a lot of, I think there's a lot of uh, cooks in the kitchen with the offensive line coaching uh, in, in with the Giants. And, and like it, it's, it's not a question of like tools and traits with him. It's just more like, I I was I, I was I was thinking about saying Trevor Penning for the bit, but I, I rationality is is the name of this podcast it seems. Um, but I'm gonna go with Evan Neal. Just the overall athleticism, I think I would still bank on. Some guys just take time to develop, and I, I think everything right now it, along the Giants' offensive line has been pretty bad. Um, I I would be willing to see what I could do with further coaching with him, just because the tools are unbelievable mine was going to be elam as well um but if if we're doing no repeats um i, I guess like if icky aquanu counts that's probably what mine would be i think like i'm willing to allow it yeah i think like he played decently well as a rookie and like showed some flashes and stuff and really is just like taking a step back this year and like i i really am not sure what happened <laughs> like i haven't been watching much panthers film lately to like figure out what happened to him but like 
he's someone that like I had him OT one. He was the first tackle taken. I, I really liked, you know, just like his his physicality at the point of attack and like really thought he could develop into like a really solid run blocker at the very least. Um, just because of like how much of a dog he was there and just like um so I think that that would be mine, like if I can't take Elam because Kevin already said it. Yeah, I, I was actually going to go with Icky for kind of the same reasons. Like, he, when the Vikings played him, it, it almost feels like he's lost his confidence. Um, like, because he was so technically sound and just a mauler at NC State. Now, it just feels like he doesn't have any of that. Uh, I wonder how much of it has to do with him staying home. Um, that's, like, that may might be extrapolating a little too much. But I'm actually going to go with Trevor Penning because there are – blatant flaws with Trevor Penning's game, but he is big. He's a freak athlete and he does have actual strength. Um, I think that there's something there. I don't know. I don't think he'll ever be like a great tackle, but if you can make him a serviceable starter or at worst, a swing guy, I think that's worth a reclamation project because there, there is something to work with, even though he likes to try and injure his quarterback by throwing people at his legs. He need to be pushing hay bales. Um, one of my like, other ones, that's the tough part. There aren't really reclamation projects. In Lewis Seen was a good one. Lewis I was going to say Lewis Seen. I don't know what the deals with Lewis Seen, well, and I cover the Vikings. I think that's, Tyler. I think it's the fact that he had suffered one of the worst possible leg injuries you could at that time, and like completely. Like I, lo- I wrote it for Vikings. Why? Like he completely lost his rookie season of development. And he's still probably trying to get back to, like, NFL speed and strength because, like, at some point, like, this is, like, a thing where, like, he probably didn't run for upwards of, like, six months. So Four. Remember, he was doing sprints after four. Yeah, yeah. But was he doing, like, actual, like, long sprints or was it, like, that 10-yard thing? Because it was, like, only, like, 10 yards that they were running up for him there. Like, so. All I know is when I watched him at training camp, he, he had the same zoom. I I think it's just tough to like come back from that and expect to be like ready to start for a team like this. And now Josh Metellus is also kind of it's, it's not even too. starting. He's he's been a an healthy scratch for like four weeks. Well, I get, I think that's also because some of the other safeties on that team are playing really well. Yeah, so I think Lewisine would be a really interesting one. But there are a lot of reclamation projects. I think that we have covered them all. We'd love to hear them from you. And we would love to hear the hear you guys give the greatest glowing reviews of the podcast. Five stars only. If you give anything below, we'll say nice things about Kevin. And nobody wants that. But from everyone here at Sorry No Podcast Today, I am JP Acosta, and we will see you later. <laughs>